Welcome to the Next Level Business Podcast for entrepreneurs who are looking to take their business and wealth to the next level. guys welcome welcome to episode one welcome 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 thank you for tuning in today so guys this is uh josh pathy here i'm here with my co-host shane mara what's up everybody welcome to the next level business podcast okay this is episode one so we're recording uh episode one today and when uh we got some really good stuff so make sure to subscribe okay so i'm going to start off with uh telling you guys why we're doing this uh, podcast and why we decided to do it together. So there's three there's three reasons that Shane and I came up with. Uh, the first one was to is to learn from other people. Okay, so we bring in we got a ton of guests, we got attorneys, we got lawyers, we got bankers, we got loan officers, and uh, a bunch of hotel owners, uh, gurus, experts, all kinds of stuff. And uh, we're going to be learning from them. You're going to be learning from them. Okay, so that's the first one. The second one is. Uh, we want to help people not make the same mistakes that we did. I've made a lot of mistakes personally. I know Shane has some, some bruises, some scars Got as a well. Few. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we want to make sure that you guys don't make the same mistakes we did. And lastly, we're going to be documenting the journey. Uh, and, you know, in a couple of years, we'll look back and say, hey, we did this. We helped a bunch of people and, uh, you know, depositing that good faith. Right. So um, love that. <laughs> so yeah, so Shane, why don't you tell uh, the listeners about uh, how we met? Yeah, so you know, I've, I've I've been a banker for 15 years. I've been in real estate for 20, and I was at a bank, and and I just had this itching to uh, get business owners in a room together and just get better. Essentially, that was what I tried to do. So I reached out to a handful of business owners, and one of them was a mutual friend of ours. And you guys met at the Goldman Sachs uh, business. Yeah. What would you call that? Yeah, I guess class, business class. Class. It was. A, yeah. It's a beautiful thing. But anyway, uh, we met through this mutual guy, and you expressed interest in coming to this mastermind group that we had with these business owners. And so we met up at a little restaurant, and I was grilling you. I was quizzing you to make sure that you were worthy. <laughs> to be in this group, which you were more than worthy. And uh, and it wasn't because I was just trying to keep a bunch of people out. I just wanted the people in there to have the right mindset and the right hunger level and just make sure it's something they really wanted to do. Because if, if you're only halfway in, it doesn't work, right? right? And so uh, we hit it off immediately, man. And so, so I want us to uh, dig into a little bit more about you. All right. So that's what we're going to talk about today, guys. So episode one, we're going to be covering a little bit of my backstory. The next episode, we're going to be covering Shane's story. And we already got 12 episodes pre-recorded with awesome guests that we're going to be releasing. So make sure to subscribe in the podcast. Now, what we're going to be talking about on the podcast is real estate, business, stocks and bonds. Okay. So those are the three things that me and Shane, we can sit up and um, we have set up for hours and has talked about it hours on end you know, at the hot tub <laughs> while we're gone on the ski trip, like <laughs> we've sat there and talked. And so those three things we're all passionate about, we're, we're, we're invested ourselves in it. And um, 
that's what we're going to be talking about on the podcast, you know. Uh, so make sure to subscribe uh, if you're looking to take your business to the next level. Welcome to the Next Level Business Podcast. That's right. And I'll chime in on that. I truly feel like there are three main major asset classes and you just covered those. And it is the first one that we, we, you know, we're entrepreneurs, probably everybody that's listening to this is an entrepreneur. So business is the first one. And we devote all our time to that, but we really need to be more uh, open to other areas. And the second asset class for me is real estate. I'm big on real estate. It's created more millionaires than anybody. And why not be a part of that? And the best thing you can do is turn your business, uh, buy a commercial building for your business. And it's a great way to add to your portfolio. And the third thing is stocks and bonds. And you and I both, you, you just mentioned this, we're both heavily invested in all three and we believe in all three. And I'm excited about to just to devote everything that we're doing to not only getting better, but to touching on all three of these asset classes. Nice. It's going to be fun, man. I'm looking forward to this. Nice. All right, guys, we forgot one more thing. We forgot to introduce ourselves to say who we are. So I'm Josh Pather. Um, I've been doing business now for over eight years, um, and I currently run four companies. I've started from scratch, all four companies. I've sold one company. Uh, one of my companies uh, just uh, made it in the Inc. 5000 uh, Texas, number 63 fastest growing company. And then we made the Inc. 5000 America. We're still waiting to see what number it is. We should know uh, this coming week. So be on the lookout for that and uh, have a real estate company as well. Shane, want to tell them a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So I've been in real estate for 20 years. I've been in banking for 15. I have a graduate uh, degree from SMU for banking. And uh, during that time, I bought a business with, with a friend of mine and, and I was just itching to leave the banking field. They just, they just don't really have a heart for business owners and it got really frustrating and I'm an entrepreneur at heart. So, uh, I bought into a business, we sold that business and now I'm doing fractional CFO work, but I am actually in the process of buying into, uh, one or two business out of that, out of that job. So it is birthed into buying into other businesses. So I admire you a lot for starting businesses from scratch. It's the hardest thing to do. It's too hard. Yeah. Very hard. I, I love the idea of let's buy an existing business that has cash flow that's been around for 10 years. And I, I had a mentor that got me involved in that. So I think between the two of us, we bring a very good background together. Best of both worlds. Best of both worlds. That's what you need in this type of a podcast. Uh, my strength may be your weakness and vice versa. And yeah. so that's what makes uh, doing this thing together so much more powerful than just doing it by yourself. Right. A lot of entrepreneurs are by themselves. I felt like that for a long time, actually, until that, that Goldman Sachs class and uh, until I got, you know, inside your group that you graciously allowed me in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So, um, Shane, you want to take it off from there? Yeah, let's do it. So what I want to do is I want to dig into a little bit about your full story. Tell us a little bit about how you got started. All right, guys. So this is the full story, unedited, raw, director's cut. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, guys, I'm originally from South Africa. I moved to uh, the United States in 2001. Um, I was 11 years old at that time. I remember that, you know, my parents were like, oh, we're going to be immigrating to America, you know? And it's like, you don't know how to process that. You know what I mean? Like, like what do you compare that to? You know, there's no internet. You can't go on YouTube and Google that or see, you know, you just got to be like, okay, well, I guess, <laughs> you know? And so we, we, um, 
we opened the house. We sold everything we had. We put a for sale sign out there. People will come into our house and buy our cutlery and our dishes and pots and pans and furniture and just whatever. They'll be walking by and just come by, you know, whatever. We'd, we'd have everything closer to the door and they'll just come pick it up. And uh, the rest of the stuff that we couldn't bring uh, on our, you know, prized possessions or whatever, we had to pack it up in two bags. We're only allowed to bring two bags each. So we had to pack it up. And I remember at the airport, you know, seeing your family and like just crying and you're never going to see them again. You know, you don't know if you're going to see them again. You know, it's like one way trip. Just uh, remember all my cousins there and hopped on a plane. Uh, I took the first flight from Durban to Johannesburg. And then uh, in Johannesburg, uh, my Legos, I couldn't bring it on on the second half of the, the, the trip. So I actually had to leave my Legos uh, with my cousins in the airport there. And uh, I love my Legos, man. I love Legos so much. Like it was my. You gave up everything. And then the one thing you prized the most, you had to give that up too. I had so. to give that up, man. Cause it couldn't fit. Like, I guess, you know, they wouldn't let me bring it on the carry on and stuff back then. So I had to leave my Legos, man. So somewhere out there, someone got them, <laughs> but um, hopped on the plane and uh, yeah, we were in economy and I just like, I hated it so much because it was like 12 hours from Johannesburg to London and then another 12 hours from London to DFW. And uh, I just remember being just so awkward and tired and hungry. And uh, it was just it was just the worst. And then and I made a promise to myself. I'm like, hey, one day I'm going to be able to make this trip to go see my family. And now I'm going to go first class. You know, like <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to do this anymore. You know, and it's like it was painful. And then we got here and um, this was 2001. It was actually right after 9-11. So it was pretty like sketchy times, you know, uncertainty, kind of, you know, like back in March type of thing. Um, And uh, yeah, had to figure out everything, had to learn how society works, had to, you know, like go to school. We don't have cafeterias back home. Like, uh, you know, we write with pens and we had to wear uniforms to school. And now it's like, you can wear whatever you want to school and uh, like learning, just learning the, house society it's over here you know it's it's a lot different over there like the schools are outdoor over there um like there's uh it's like there's classrooms are in a building but you like when you walk from building to building you know there's no like in indoor cafeteria or anything like that so yeah it was a big adjustment man it was a big adjustment and i can't even imagine how hard that had to be yeah it was like 12 years old you know like getting bullied people would tease you and stuff like that oh. you know what uh, made your parents want to come well, you know, it was getting bad down there uh, as far as, uh, you know, crime and just opportunity, that kind of stuff. And uh, my luckily, like my mom had a sister that was living here and she actually sponsored us to come. Uh, that paperwork took 10 years, you know, and so they actually started this paperwork in 1980. Uh, actually, no, in 1990, they started when I was born. And, uh, you know, we moved here like 11 years later when I was 11 years old. So, um, yeah, that's, you know, came here, went to middle school, started off in sixth grade, you know, so it was like kind of like the harsh, harshest, uh, harshest, uh, you know. Kids were nice, man, especially yeah. back then. I'm sorry? Those kids weren't nice, especially yeah. back then. Exactly, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I made it through there and then uh, just started learning, you know, I just remember like trying to hustle and try to figure things out. I remember uh, my aunt's neighbor, uh, he taught me how to use a lawnmower, you know, like I used to mow his lawn and um, he would, he would pay me so that like looking back on it, that would have technically been like my first business. Yeah. Mowing lawns. Uh, 
My son's doing that now. I love that. It's good, man. Lawn care is popping right now. Oh, man, it just builds that work ethic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, being out there in that 90 degrees, 100 degrees, and dust hitting you from every direction, you got to push that thing out. Do that, brother. (laughs) Hard work. Right. So, um, so yeah, I started mowing lawns. Um, This was like middle school, high school. Uh, You know, when I bought some equipment, then started uh, mowing lawns in uh, like the neighborhood, you know, neighborhood lawns. Like, okay, cool. Started getting some money and I'm like, okay, what else can I do? Um, so I always been kind of techie ended up, uh, my dad ended up getting me like a computer when I was younger. And so, um, I would spend a lot of time online, like just learning, figuring out stuff. Um, you know, and- what's amazing about what you just said right there is just how you still do that today. <laughs> it's the same kind of process, right? Mm-hmm. You do it as a kid and you're just trying to figure these things out. And then as a business owner, I know what you've spent the last few years doing the same kind of thing. Right. That's what it's about. I mean, it's, the information is there. Information is no longer a problem. Execution is a problem. Well said. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, just figuring stuff out. Um, at the, at that time, it was barely coming out. Uh, the grills, you know, the gold teeth that people wear. <laughs> right. And I don't know. I don't know how. I, I, either got, like I was on someone's list or something. I got an email about being a distributor for this company that sells these grills in Atlanta. So I filled out the paperwork to become a, a distributor and everything. I got signed up. I sent in my application fee. It was like 120 bucks. Um, they sent me like the first kit, you know? Uh, and so every, uh, this was during the summertime. Must have been I've like, never heard this story, man. You were selling grill teeth. I was selling grills, man. I was selling <laughs> grills. They used to call me Grilly. They used to call me Grilly. That is hilarious, so, man. All right, um, keep going. Yeah. So I, I sold the grills at, at a barbershop. So I, uh, I didn't have a car at that time. I must've been like 15. And so I would have my friend take me up to the barbershop every, like in the morning and he would drop me off there and I had a little counter and I'd stay all day and like try to sell all the people that, that came into the barbershop. Like, Hey, you buy a grill, you know, I take the mold, I write the order up, you know, I'd have my pricing right there. I take a deposit and then I ship it off to that company in Atlanta. They would make it and then come back. And I did this like all summer. So it was like three months straight all day in the, in the barbershop. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. And really? then while I was in the barbershop, um, this guy used to come in there and sell Nike shoes. And I'm like, man, what the fuck? Like, and everybody would jump. Like, he would bring a tr- black trash can in and come in with some Jordans, Air Force Ones, all that stuff. And, like, the way people reacted to that, I'm like, man, his product is better than mine. You know, like, the reaction. So I go home one night. I'm Googling. I'm getting on Alibaba. Now, this was, like, 2007 now. Um and uh, so we, we I find this supplier uh, in China that has these shoes that's really popular that everybody likes. And so I'll get it connected with him, started ordering some uh, some pairs of shoes. Uh, and uh, this I was getting into high school at this time. So I would have been about 10th grade and printed out a whole catalog of, of shoes that, that his factory could make. And uh, I would be in class passing around the catalog. I would take a $20 deposit. I would sell the shoes for 60 bucks. I'd take, my cost was 30 on it. Uh, that's landed cost. Uh, and so I would take a $20 deposit uh, and people would pick out their shoes and I would place the order. So I was going to like Western Union and uh, wiring like $1,000, you know, every couple of weeks uh, to China. Uh, back then, that's all you had, you know, so I had to go to- 16-year-old kid. I had, to, I had to go inside Albertsons. I remember going inside Albertsons. I have a wad of cash on me. I like, hey, I need the Western Union form. 
had to you have to fill out that form with all the details and put the you know the money control number and uh, put the person that you're sending it to their phone number and um, built a real good relationship with my, with my vendor. I remember his name John Lamb. Shout out to John, man. Um, I mean, we would be up talking about everything late at night, like on uh, on uh, what is it? I think AOL Instant Messenger or Yahoo Messenger. Uh, and he would be like just telling me about his family and all that stuff. And I was like, man, one day I'm going to come see you, <laughs> you know, I was like, uh, you know, this person on the other side of the world I'm chatting with, uh, you know, and this was like 2007. So, uh, you know, as any, uh, good story, you start getting a little bit greedy. You're like, okay, how do we take this to the next level? So I'm like, okay, I got to get a website. So I built a Yahoo, uh, website, uh, early 2008. Uh, got the Nike, all my Nike shoes, got all the catalogs uploaded, pain in the butt to like upload all the, the shoes and the variations and the sizes and all that stuff. And then, um, yeah, I started like running ads for it, like on Google ads uh, and eBay and that kind of stuff. And we started getting a little bit of traffic and then um, like, okay, this thing's picking up. Some orders are coming through the website. Okay. Now, mind you, like this, like all, it's all knockoff stuff, but the quality was really high. You know I mean? People loved it. They didn't really care too much back then, as long as they had something unique that the other person didn't have. And so, um, yeah, they then came home from school one day, go check the mailbox. It said Nike Corporation versus Josh Pather. <laughs> You're not going to win that lawsuit, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. didn't even try. So uh, yeah, heavy lawsuit, trademark infringement. They got screenshots of my website they got wow. they got screenshots of my supplier site with my name on it i mean they i don't even know they they got me good they got me good there's no denying cease that. and desist yeah cease and desist uh and so you know technically back then i was drop shipping you know like this it's so popular now and i wish i never gave up on it it's like i got good at the wrong thing you know like if i was doing like i don't know phone cases or ch- battery charges or something like that like i would have been solid I just had the wrong product. So, uh, so yeah, that was, uh, that was 2008. Got that lawsuit. Uh, that was my first lawsuit. My first, uh, you know, my first one, that's a big one. That's That's a a big big one. one. So, you know, the rest of them just get easier after that. (laughs) As you claim to be, man, cease and desist from Nike. Yeah. Well, while I'm in high school. While you're in high school. That's a great story, man. That's entrepreneur right there waiting in the wings and everybody knew that. So they should have hired me, right? They should have hired me. <laughs> I love the young entrepreneurial stories, man. I've got a 14 year old kid. I'm trying to plant that. I'm trying to put, and what it is, bro, it's a mindset, right? It's yeah. a mindset. That's what we're going to talk about week in, week out is mindset, mindset, mindset. You build a mindset of a killer. You know, you build a mindset of we're going to, we're going to, we're going to make this thing work. And young entrepreneurs, you're dropping in that mindset. Nobody had to drop it in you, man. It was already there. It was built in. Yeah, I had the wrong information, though. I had the wrong information. The execution was there. It's always the been like that. And that's what that's another thing. No, you get you get the wrong information. I mean, that'll set you down the wrong track. You know, I could I could be five years ahead of where I'm at if I had a mentor, man. if I had a group, if I had a podcast, you know. Podcast wasn't even a thing back then, you know. I mean yeah. You're exactly right. And one of the things we always love is we we love to talk about our failures just because failures resonate. Right. And you can learn so much more from a failure. As the person experiencing the failure, you always learn more from the failure than you do any success you have. Exactly. But it resonates with, you know, the listeners. And so talking about that failure, I, I could go into a hundred of mine. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was uh, 
So when that happened, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to stop doing this. Uh, I graduated high school at that time and uh, I wasn't going to college. I hate college. You know, just sitting there. I, I went, I actually went to college for one, one semester and like, it was just like a history about something. And it was like such a waste of time. I'm like, no, I'm not going to waste time here. Yeah. You're like, where's the entrepreneurial classes? I, I, I want to learn about business. I want to learn about, you know, how to sell products, how to market all this stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. So I, I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. This is a waste of time. So uh, I was working at um, uh, Bank of America at that time. I got a job as a teller. And um, so during that time, I actually met uh, one of the other tellers. Then he used to do wedding DJ. And I was like, oh, I always liked DJ. I always liked music and stuff like that. So he'd be like, hey, man, come help me, you know, be a roadie for me. Um <clears throat> So I started going to events with him and then eventually like we started getting double booked and then I started doing my own events. And, uh, so yeah, we'd be going out doing DJing, uh, and then working at the bank during the day. I remember like my came in late one day and my boss is like, well, you got to make a decision and see what your commitment is. Cause you can't be coming in late. Uh, cause the bank couldn't even open because I was the only teller at that time. <laughs> so the, she's just sitting there in the office and I'm like, uh, you know, the whole branch is closed because nobody can, uh, you know, help customers. Because Josh uh, is out DJ until, you know, three or four in the morning. Yeah. Doing bad things. So, um, yeah, then I uh, uh, just started investing, you know, into my like DJ equipment. And um, uh, I left the bank job. And uh, actually, the, the the bank that I was working at, it closed down. It was an in-store location. And so that branch closed down and then I ended up going to um, uh, a call center, Experian call center. And I was like, okay, this is a good job. It's like big company, you know, multinational company, uh, credit, you know, the credit bureau Experian had a good job there, worked my way up uh, into the client relations, which is um, the business side of it, dealing with uh, banks and credit unions and car dealerships whenever they run credit and so I'm still DJing at this point. Um, so always had a side hustle, you know, always had a side hustle, always trying to figure out like, okay, how can I make some money? You know, uh, then started learning like online stuff. Like, Oh, I had a friend, he came over and he was, he showed me he had a website and he was just making money from ads on the website. I was like, what the, like, how do you do that? Like, that's, you, you don't do anything and you just make money. And he's like, yeah, he showed me all that stuff, what he's doing. I was like, Oh, okay. So I went down this whole path. And that's kind of what, what started my like internet marketing and had me learning uh, about like, okay, really you can make money online. I uh, just got to know how to do it. And so on top of DJing and working, I was like learning how to, um, you know, make websites and then profit from those websites. Uh, and also, uh, yeah, DJing <laughs> at that time. So, yeah, so some time goes by, uh, I'm still working at the call center and then I get a, uh, I get a call from one of my friends and he's like, Hey, I went to this event and I saw a photo booth there. Or oh, I went to his wedding and I saw a photo booth there. And he's like, well, uh, I think we can do it. Uh, you know, we can build one and, and do it better. And I'm like, okay, like, you know, I, like we'll just give it a shot and see what can, what can happen. So we go to home Depot, we spend like 500 bucks. Uh, we buy wood, we make this thing, you know, out of wood. I mean, you've seen it. It's sitting there in the showroom. And, uh, you know, I have an extra monitor and extra webcam and he had a keyboard and uh, we had like an old computer laying around and we built this photo booth. And, uh, yeah, next, this was, this would have been November, uh, 2012. 
And um, yeah, we painted it. We hand painted it, <laughs> you know, built it in our backyard and we had an inkjet printer. The damn, uh, the ink and paper was so expensive. Like, you know how much uh, like photo paper is that you go buy from an inkjet printer? Yeah. I mean, like, it's like 50 cents a print, you know, compared, like the printers we have now with the photo boots, those are like, they're three cents a print. So wow. it's a big difference uh, with the inkjet. So yeah, he, um, we build this thing, we post ads on Craigslist. So I'm working at the call center during the day and I have full internet access, you know, so shout out to Experian for giving us full internet access. So <laughs> if I'm not on a call, I'm on Craigslist, I'm posting ads. I got multiple accounts. Uh, so, you know, I'm keeping my ad at the top of Craigslist because that's really all that was there back then. You know, there was Craigslist and Google ads. There was nothing else. Um, there was no like apps and stuff like that, you know. Um, so I'd be posting ads and then uh, we got our first booking uh, December 6th, 2012 it was $500 for DJ and photo booth, uh, at a, uh, this guy had just remodeled his house and he, he wanted to have like an opening party. So we're all nervous. We get there. Uh, we're running late. I forget my laptop to DJ. So we, we set up the photo booth in this guy's bedroom. He has like a really big bedroom. You know, we set it up there. Uh, and like, we have a paper cutter because we have an inject printer. It's not actually a photo booth printer. Uh, we have a, a, a paper cutter. And so his girlfriend is cutting the, the, the photo paper after it prints out. And it takes like, it takes probably about 50 to 60 seconds to print out. Nowadays, it takes like 14 seconds just to, to kick out a print. So it's like almost five times the speed. So people are waiting, the lines backing up. She's clipping the paper. I'm in the other room DJing in the living room. And uh, I forgot my my laptop, so I had to DJ with my iPhone and his iPhone. Uh, but I made it work, and we got through the event. And uh, yeah, that was our first event. And then that was December sixth. And then one month later, uh, just a little over one month, I come to work at Experian, and uh, they have a call us in for a meeting. They're like, "Hey, uh, we're moving your job overseas, you know, to Costa Rica." You know, obviously they're outsourcing, you know what I mean? Uh, and so you can you can take an entry-level position or you can take a severance package and leave. So I'm like, okay, well, at this time, if there was ever a time in my life to, to go full-time and try this, this thing out, you know, it's going to be now. So um, I was like, okay, I'll take the severance package. So uh, that July, July 2013 would have been the last time I worked. And uh, yeah, I took the severance package. And uh, yeah, our first year doing the photo booth rentals, we did uh, 150,000. Second year, we did 350. And um, we're, we just kept growing after that. And at this time, you're not selling photo booths, right? No, I'm not selling photo booths. I'm still renting. So this would have been like. How many do you have at this point in time? At that point in time, I'll probably say we had seven, seven photo booths. And did you make them all? Home uh, Depot specials? Uh, no, we would go, we would get the uh, professional case and we would build them ourselves, like the internal guts. Uh, but we had a, a person that was assembling like the, the road cases for us. And so that was the, that was your foray into the manufacturing side of photo booths. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, that would have been what, 2013, 2014, uh, killing ourselves every weekend, working and hustling and trying to figure it out and, just a lot of stress, you know, the stressful years. Those are the years that I was telling you about that, you know, that uh, you get, 
you get. And uh, as an entrepreneur, and like, I wish I recorded more. I wish I recorded more, you know, because looking back on it now, it could be like really good YouTube content or whatever. Sure. Um, but didn't record because like, I didn't think it would ever get to this point, right? You never think like, oh God, I'm going to be like, get two, two comic club awards, get, you know, Inc. 5000, you know, who would have thought all of that? So, um, yeah, just, um, you know, you know what I love about that story, man, is the evolution. Yeah. Right. You know, you start out selling grills, you're grilly baby in the barbershop that evolves into the shoes that evolves into a website, you know, that, that evolves into drop ship, right. That ends, you get to cease and desist, but every time you embark upon a new journey, you gain all this experience, right? You gain all the knowledge, you gain the confidence to do what's next on the horizon. Right. And every time for you, it has been a new experience, but it's like you're hacking the ladder. The next time you go into something new, you've got all, you got, you got so many more tools in the tool belt. Exactly. You're, you're ready to hit the next level so much faster. Every time you start a new, a new, uh, almost a new career. And yeah. That's the evolution of a business owner. That is the evolution of the real estate investor. That's the evolution of the, the stock trader. It is the evolution of doing business. And you always want to embrace that. That's why you always want to keep learning. Right. Because you cool. never know what's around the corner, man. You probably didn't think you were going to sell your uh, your photo booth real, rental business. Yeah. Yeah. I, didn't, I never thought that. And um, when I started the photo booth rental business, I knew how to market the business. I knew how to do SEO. I knew how to do a website. You know, so out the gate, you know, the chances of success, you know, they're in double digits, you know. And uh, so that allowed us to to start something from scratch and get to the number one provider within six months. Within six months, you know, we, we, we had already attracted uh, large clients. Poopery, we were doing events for uh, Dos Equis, beer, large beer companies. I mean, we were, we were, we were the photo booth, you know, rental business, uh, for corporate, uh, events, uh, you know, in the Dallas area. And yeah. And, and at the same time you started manufacturing photo booths while you were doing the rental business, correct? Yeah. So 2015 came around, people were asking like, Hey, how can we do this? They see like, okay, Oh, Josh is having some success now, you know, like, how can we do it? Where do we buy the photo booths from? Uh, and so I was like, okay, well let's start a separate company. And uh, let's um, let's start making photo booths. You know, at that time, me and my partner have broken off. Uh, we weren't uh, seeing eye to eye on a lot of things. He wasn't working as hard as I did, and so uh, and that, never, that never works out, by the way, in business. And we're going to have entire shows just devoted to that. But yeah, keep going. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I won't get too detailed. But it didn't work out. We ended up in a lawsuit. And, uh, right. That's, that's where it goes, right. That's where it all ends up. <laughs> that's another episode. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, 2015, uh, it was, I split up with my business partner. I buy his shares out of the company. And, uh, then I start a new company manufacturing, uh, the photo boots. And so this was 2015. Uh, and yeah, it goes really well. First year, second year, just doubling all the way through. And, um, yeah, we've helped uh, over 3,000 people start a photo booth rental business. So we give them a lot of training. We help them. Uh, we help them with all the stuff that I didn't have that I needed whenever I got started. And so, uh, yeah, that was t- uh, 2015. And, uh, and, and, I, and I want to interject there. What I love about what you do now 
is you're you're not just selling a photo booth. You know, most of the manufacturers they just sell something. They don't they don't teach you how to uh, do anything other than just sell a product. Right. They they want no responsibility for that. But what I love about you, you actually don't want the people to make the same mistake you made. And so uh, you you help these guys grow. You help them market. You help them uh, grow their website. You know. Uh, get uh sh- shows and and weddings and whatnot but what i what i love about that is you're turning people into business owners you're mm-hmm. turning them into entrepreneurs and you're dropping that little nugget on the mindset this is what you want to be you want to be a business owner you want to call your own shots you want to set your own destiny uh you want to be in control and so many people doing your business they start out with a side hustle of buying a booth and i love that that is one of the best ways to get going because you have the safety and security of your daytime job and then you start growing that on the side just like you did at experian that is a beautiful way to grow into a business that you do full-time and so i can attest to what you do on the manufacturing side i've seen you do it i've actually helped you on the uh fractional cfo side and it's uh it's a great business man it's something you should be very proud of Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, looking at all the people in all the videos and testimonials and pictures. Um, it's crazy to think like, okay, you know, we created opportunity for a lot of people uh, and we helped them, you know, achieve their goals and um, giving away that six figure award. You were there at that event that we did. We gave away the awards, Kevin Johnson, shout out to Kevin, you know, and uh, just making, fr- making friends with the customers too. I mean, that's another thing of business, right? I mean, uh, what about all your friends saying like you made so many friends just through, you know, through business and like friends for me, like they've come like, you no, know, they buy from us and then they become friends and we're still doing business and, and you share life together. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And honestly, that's why we're doing what we're doing. You know, we talked about why we're doing it, but you know, we're put on this planet to give back. And the best way you can do is uh, help business owners grow. It pains me to see 95% of all small business fails. It shouldn't be that number. And it is that number because nowhere in school do they teach you how to run a business. They don't teach you how to start one. They don't teach you how to run one. And uh, it's lacking in our education system for sure. And so that's why we're here. That's why we're doing that. And uh, my hat's off to you for what you've already created. And uh, talk a little bit about your evolution with PBI. Like go into the marketing side of, of, what that has evolved into. Yeah. So um, as we started growing 2015, we got our first two comma club award from, from click funnels. And then can you explain what that is in 10 seconds? Yeah. So two comma club award is earning $1 million through a funnel. Uh, A funnel is uh, how to explain a funnel. (laughs) Uh, It's a series of pages that you take your customers through in order to uh, sell them on your product or service. Landing pages. Uh, they're landing pages. And so you can build this on the platform, click funnels, check the link in the show notes <laughs> if you guys want to get a free trial. Uh, but it's it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, we got the first one, we got the second one, uh, and uh, they have another one that I'm, I'm chasing after now. It's the uh, what is it? Two comma club X. So that's if you make 10 million through a funnel. Wow. So I'm almost there at that one. So that, that's going to be this pandemic kind of slowed things down. So pandemic. Yeah. Pandemic. Um, but yeah, so, uh, started manufacturing, ended up selling the rental business. Uh, that was a great experience to kind of learn how to sell a business and, uh, you know, what, what to look for, what mistakes I made 
you know, I probably could have got maybe 50 grand more, 60 grand more than, and, uh, I, uh, I sold it for, um, but you know, having, making sure you have your books in order, make, you know, little things like that, that just counts against you whenever you, you're buying and selling businesses, you know? And so, um, yeah, so put all my energy into PBI and, uh, yeah, we just hit, or, uh, you know, Inc 5,000 Texas and Inc 5,000 America. Uh, on that, we're waiting to hear what number we are. And uh, so around this time, I'd say around 2018, um, me and Shane, we connect. What year did we connect? It would have been a 15. Uh, it was when I took the, the Goldman Sachs class. Uh, and so throughout that whole time, Shane is like pounding me. You need a building. You need a building. You need a building. Okay. So we drive. one day me and Shane are hanging out and we're doing videos and we're kicking it. And I'm like, hey, man, there's this building for sale. I want you to take a look at it. So it's like, it's dark. It's like nine o'clock. We roll up to this building. I remember that night. I remember you almost got hit because the, the road cuts off right there. <laughs> and you couldn't let that go. You're like, man, did you see that? Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. So we pull into the parking lot. We look at this building. He's like, man, this is a great building. He whips out his mortgage calculator and he starts calculating right on the spot. He starts giving me numbers right there. I'm getting quotes right away. 9 p.m. at night. That's what I do, baby. What I do? Mortgage calculator is out, or deal's getting done. So you on the spot. You need to buy this building. This is the this is the perfect building for what you're trying to do. Yeah. You yeah. had how many how many square feet did you have at the old building? It was two thousand. Two thousand. This was uh, fifty five. Five. Five thousand square yeah. feet. So two and a half times the space. You were growing anyway. Right. And your your uh your mortgage payment was going to be cheaper than the new rent that you were going to have to pay because you needed right. this additional space. Right. So, so we, uh, I'm like, okay, all right. Now we, we got our target. We're locked in on it. You know, we're locked in on it. So, uh, I, I called the, I called the, the broker or the agent, man, these guys don't pick up, you know, what, you know, they ain't worth nothing. Um, so I see, I see the sign. I drive by this place every day. It's about a mile away from, from my, the current location that we were at the 2000 square foot place. So I'm driving by every day. The sign goes down. I'm like, dang, they sold it. So it comes back up again with another agent. So I'm like, okay, I saw the new sign. I pulled into the parking lot. I knocked on the door. I asked the lady, uh, Asian lady came. She was operating. Uh, she was a, a, a seamstress. You know, she would hem clothing and stuff like that. I knocked on the door. I said, hey, can you own and finance the building for me? She said, no, this is my retirement. <laughs> so I was like, okay, fine. I was like, I'll call the agent. So I called the agent. Shout out to Mike. Me and him are still working uh, together now. So we try to get this deal done over the next four months and, and the bank is just not approving it. They can't get over the numbers Then something, blah, blah, blah. I mean, we have cash, there's money in the bank, there's money left over after the deal. Business is going well. Uh, and, you know, they obviously like, you know, I don't know. I don't know what calculations and all they do. They can't get it approved. So I, I remember distinctively calling Mike. I'm like, Mike, the bank says, no, we can't do that. And he's like, no, 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 no. We're going to buy it. I'll call you back. So he calls uh, a mortgage broker and his name is Mike too. Shout out to Mike Anderson. And uh, so he tells Mike something. Then Mike calls me back and he's like, Josh, I don't know what's going on in the bank, this thing and that thing. He's like, uh, you seem like a nice guy. I'm going to go ahead and lend you the money. So he fronts me hard. He hard money lends me and he doesn't even know me. Like I've never even met the guy at this point. You know, he's, we've just been talking over the phone and sending documents and stuff. So he's like, uh, yeah, I'm going to lend you the money. You know, we'll do the deal. And then after it's done, 
then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll refinance it. You know, we'll find someone that can do it. So he fronts me the money. We do the closing, purchase the property. Then we move in there and, uh, you know, just happy as could be because like my lease had just, my lease just ended as well uh, on the other one. So that worked out real good. We move in there. Uh, we're able to get a refinance a couple of uh, months after that. And uh, yeah, got a good interest rate on it. And yeah, it's been building equity on it. And um, yeah, so that was the first, that was the first one. And now uh, we put that building for sale and we're we're really looking at another building for lease or for sale. And so this is what we're going to talk more about on the podcast, like how to merge business and real estate together. And uh, it's possible. It's possible. You know, if I can do it, like I never thought I would be able to do that. And now I'm looking at something uh, almost uh, three times as big as, as what we, where we at right now. Uh, And you know, yeah. the numbers can work. The numbers can work. Yeah, that's an amazing story. That that That's kind of what I specialize in. I was a banker for years and the best clients that I had merged those two worlds together. And I'm just adamant that business owners need to buy their own building. I'm actually finishing up a book right now. Hopefully it'll be ready to go in a few months. But that's something we're going to talk about all the time. If you have a business owner, the, one of the first things you can do is merge a the, the business real estate, the commercial real estate, along with the business and merge those two worlds together. And you 100% are the prime example. You did not quit. And even when it was about to fall apart, you found some guy that hard money loaned the uh, the money to you. And sure enough, what he said, he said, we'll refinance after the fact. And, you know, I don't know how many months. It was just a handful of months after that. And you got it refinanced into a commercial bank loan, long-term fixed rate. And it played out perfectly. You've, you've walked that thing out, of, you know, a few years. You got great equity in the building, and now you got the mindset, and now you got the uh, the acuity. You're ready to go for the second building, and it's just going to be, you know, we're, you're going to be 50 years old, and you'll have, you know, five commercial buildings and have a portfolio worth, you know, five million dollars of commercial real estate. So that's what we're going to hammer on you guys all the time about commercial real estate. It's possible. It's possible. You do the first one and now we're looking at the second one. I remember Shane was like, man, this is just the first one. You're going to do another one. And I'm like, man, Shane, this is it. <laughs> this, I'm not going to be able to do more than this. You know, just limit, limiting your, your mindset. And But, I mean, anything is possible with enough action. Anything can be done. You know? 100%. 100%. And, uh, and that's what we're here for, guys. That's, that's why you want to subscribe to this. That's why you want to be a part of it. Because, uh, you know, like Josh said, we, you know, we're just we're just regular guys, but the the one thing that that we have is we have the knowledge, the mindset to help the every everyday average guy get better. And the people that we interview, you know, we're not interviewing Mark Cuban, we're not interviewing you know Warren Buffett or Elon Musk, and you can't relate to those guys anyway. But what you can relate to is the guy down the street who's a multimillionaire. And he's done business for 30 years. And that guy's got a wealth of knowledge and, and experience. And we're going to interview those kind of guys. And we're going to ask them, how'd you get the first one? How'd you get your business? How'd you get the real estate? How'd you uh, start investing in stocks? How'd you do all of this? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, what you want your mindset to change on a regular basis. When you feed your mind on a regular basis, it will change and it will grow. And that's what we're all about. Yeah. And it doesn't take much, you know, like I said, the wrong information You'll, you'll waste a lot of time. You know, I, you, can, I, you can lose years with the wrong information. I lost One business decision can set you back five years. Easy. 18 to 22. I lost. I can't get those years back. That's four years right there that I had the wrong information. You know, when I started the, the photo booth business, 
that's when, you know, I had access to mentors. And then I met you shortly after that. I think I was probably 25 when I met you. And, um, and yeah, and, and then started getting around the right people. And now we're going to be, we're going to be sharing everything. We're going to be sharing everything. Anything's possible. Uh, it's a, it's a great business climate despite the pandemic. Shane has a pandemic plus business. <laughs> That's right. What have we learned from the pandemic? You know, we want to find pandemic friendly businesses. Yeah. And they're out there. They're out there. We're going to be talking about uh, buying and selling businesses. Uh, Shane has plenty of experience with that. Good and bad. Good you and know. bad. We're going to talk. We're going to be putting the curtains back. We're going to be putting the curtains back and showing you that anything's possible. And uh, good and bad. Yeah. Good. You guys got some inspiration from my story. Uh, yeah, that was uh, so. Bought the first building, twenty eighteen, and uh, now we're outgrowing the place. Got some really good equity in it. I bought. Uh, it was listed for five fifty. I think we got it down to five twenty, and then we closed at five hundred. Um, and now the building's worth. I have it listed for seven fifty, plus the equity that I already put. That's fantastic. And uh, you know the improvements put some solar panels on it and uh, you know, it's been a great asset and that's going to carry me through. It's been carrying me through the pandemic and you know, it's not like owning your own building, you know, the care, you don't have to answer to nobody. If you want to paint the walls, you can paint the walls. If you have to replace the AC unit, you can replace it. And which I've, I've had to do that. And uh, you know, at least, you know, like you're building on your own thing, you know, it's not just wasted money. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. If I knew it was, you know, it was this easy. I, I would have probably tried a lot sooner to buy something even smaller than like, even if it was just a thousand square foot, if I were to buy something, you know, maybe 200,000 or something like that, I could have, I could have qualified. I could have got started, you know, a lot earlier. Yeah. And we're going to have entire episodes just devoted to that because there's so much powerful information about, about what you just said. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, it never increases. You're, you're, you know, <laughs> There's so many good things about it. You don't have to guarantee a lease for five years. You know, if the business fails, you don't, these landlords come after you, man. They, they do. I actually went to the chiropractor the other day. They said uh, the nail salon next door, they, they locked the owners out. You know, can you imagine that? They're nasty, man. Nasty, so, man. And, but, but you don't have to deal with that when you own your own building. Right. Rent never increases, no guarantees on, uh, you know, long-term leases. None of that stuff, man. It's just, it's, it's nothing but, you know, good times. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> Until the AC goes out, then it's like Until the AC goes out, and you got to get the work and plumbing bus underneath the the building, and then you got to pay for that. Oh, oh man, that's bad. Yeah, like yeah, I never oh. experienced that. Here's a question I want to ask you, bro. So mm-hmm. five years ago, when you were uh, doing the rental business on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate yourself as a business owner? Uh, that was bad. I'd say maybe five. Okay, and today. How would you rate yourself a business owner? Five years grinding it out, day to day getting better. How would you rate yourself now? Man, now I'd say I'd say a nine. I'd say nine. Yeah. yeah, I'd say probably. I've invested a ton into myself, so I can say that without feeling bad. You know what I mean? I know how much I put into myself as far as monetary like value. You know, I put a you know fifty thousand to a hundred thousand a year in seminars, education, training, mentors, travel that kind of stuff. Uh, and just the, the amount of time that I take personally, just to learn myself, uh, you know, about half, say half, half my day, every day, I'm learning something new. I'm learning SEO, I'm learning strategies. I'm learning YouTube ads. I'm learning Pinterest. I'm learning, you know, new softwares. I'm trying out a different software. Now I'm learning it. 
you know, I had to learn the software that we're on right now, StreamYard, you know, like the whole reason we started uh, using StreamYard because like, hey, we needed a, we needed something outside of Zoom, you know, we can, like Zoom can only do so much on there. But um, so, yeah, I would, to get to a 10, I'll probably say it's it's like my, my management skills, my people skills, which uh, just by my, uh, what's that test, uh, the test you take, there's a test that you take. I can't remember the test. Yeah, uh, C. Uh, yeah, the disc test. Yeah, like I'm on. I'm a high D, and so we have bad people skills and communication problems and that kind of stuff. So I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? Um, I've limited. I've been able to grow and adjust my business in a way that uh, we're able to outsource a lot of it. Uh, you know, we're going to be talking about that. Actually, we need to talk more about that. And uh, you know, minimize right there. Minimize uh, minimize staff and uh, you know increase profits. Hey, the day, the huh? reason I asked you that question is because I've had a bird's eye view to see you grow over the last four to five years and you become a beast, bro. Yeah. You're an animal right now, man. I mean, it, it, it's, it's unbelievable what you have grown into. And I know it's just the beginning. We're, we're, we're just, we're just starting what you're going to become. And you know, I feel the same way for me and, you know, hopefully for all these people listening, you know, it's all about how hard are you going after it? And uh, that's the reason I asked that because sky's the limit on your growth. And I think you're going to look back five years from now and you're going to be like, you know, I probably was more like a seven. <laughs> you're going to see how much more you're even going to grow in the next five years. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll- the next 10 years. I mean, it, it, it's going to be always, amazing. always room for growth, for sure. hundred percent. I'm, running shit. I'm calling you once, you know, a couple of times a week. Hey, we got five minutes. Shit. Last night I had a question, you know, uh, and I'm, I'm learning from you. You're learning from me. And that's, that's what it's all about. But a lot of people are going to suffer because of their ego. You know, that's right. People, and that, people that's won't the, ask for advice. They won't ask for advice. That, that's why these mastermind groups are so important because uh, you will get called out, right? Yeah. Your, your ego will get bruised a little. And you know what? That's an okay thing. If okay. you're if you're a little bit of an asshole, that asshole is going to be chiseled away and it, you're going to be called out on that. And it, it th- that is a good thing. I mean, that, that's part of the mastermind group. And I will add another thing on, the, on what we're hoping to do is business owners need to be well balanced. You know, one of the things that we did back in that group was we had that wheel of balance, right? And there's like five, six categories. And, you know, business is obviously one of those, but then you have how your finances, personal development, health, relationships, all of these combined make a wheel, right? Mm-hmm. And if the spoke and each one of those is a spoke on the wheel, if any of those spokes are broken, the wheel will not roll right. So, right. you know, but that's what we're going to talk about in, in detail. Each one of those, you know, you and I've been working on our health this past year and because we don't want to live till we're 40 and die. We want to make it to 80 to 90. And, you know, we want to have this quality of life. So, you know, health is so important. Relationships are so important. If you're getting divorced, your business is going to suffer. You're going to suffer mentally. So you want to have a great marriage with your wife and with your kids. And you you want everything you do to be fulfilled and to be maximizing at its best. And that's one of the things we're always going to be talking about. And it's tied in. I'm glad you brought that up. Right now, there's so many divorces that are going on. Even people that I follow, uh, you know, and the marketing space and, and the business space, you just hear them, you kind of, you know, they kind of hint about it in podcasts or they're shooting a video. They're like, Oh yeah, you know, I'm in my house. I'm alone now. Cause my wife left me, but I'm here with the kid. 
they don't kind of tell you know it's like kind of those hints but it's like man you think they're doing so good you think you know they have lamborghinis and they're living on the lake or the house in the beachfront or whatever but it, you know like you said you got to have that circle uh you got to have that circle that circle needs balance and the balance uh is is tied into everything else that's tied into your health if your health is not right then i neglected my health for from 2015 to 20 like well from zero to 2015 you know uh and i did and uh that you know i was overweight didn't take care of myself and you know because all about business all about business all the time but now it's like okay at some point that's going to catch up to you and it's going to be the limitation from getting to the next level and um it's all it's all connected that's why um Another th- another thing is like I heard hear this all the time. You'll only be as successful as your wife wants you to be. You heard that one before? No, uh, but I like it. Yeah, it's good. It's good. And you can you can sit back and you can analyze and see like where people are held back and uh, and even some some people that I know, uh, you can see like oh well I can't go out or I can't go to the seminar or I gotta watch you know do this or do that or whatever the case is, um, and. Yeah, so you got to it all got that circle got to be balanced, man. That circle got to be balanced, no matter what. Because I've seen I've seen both sides of it. You know, I try to be try to have my stuff situated properly, where it's like my shit is balanced, and we don't have to have that kind of problems. Because it's just time, right? I mean, how much time is a divorce going to take, right? And how much money is that going to cost you? How much money is that? You know, that's that's a step back. I mean. Yeah. So time for that. Like, well, I would rather learn some new software or, <laughs> you know, learn in between that time. And, and, and I can tell you, I've been married for 20 years and my wife and I are having the best. The last couple of years have been the best we've ever had. And we, we make sure we prioritize date night. And mm-hmm. so when we go out, you know, we, we, we actually spend time together and it carries over that carries over into business. She's helping me on my, my business. And I know your wife is, is, is heavily involved in your business Yeah, and it becomes sweet. You know, when you actually go out on a date or whatever, you're, you're actually talking business because they're actually involved in it. <laughs> and, uh, as much it, as you don't want to, it, it always ends up there, right? It always ends up there. It always ends up there. So, uh, that's just that's just another thing we're going to talk about. Wheel of Balance is going to be one of his episodes all by itself. Yeah, and uh, th- there's just a lot of things we're going to cover, and we we've spent a lot of time talking about what we're going to cover. And hopefully, you guys will be intrigued, and you want to listen, you want to follow us, because every week we're going to have nuggets, man. And it's all about getting that nugget and then applying that nugget. Exactly. And uh, speaking about the wives, like you know, I hear people like, "Oh, you work with your wife," you know, I c- could never do that. I'm like. You know, it's like the who else would you trust on earth? You know what I mean? Like, and then you're gonna say like you can't you you can't even imagine that. Yeah, yeah it's this should be the person that you trust the most that you you gave vows to that you committed to, and then you can't do a business with that. And it's baffling to me, um, but I think it's great. I've enjoyed it. It's nice having someone I can trust that's not gonna steal from me. Uh, <laughs> you know, that can take care of stuff and. Uh, yeah. I can tell you as a man, the ultimate sign that you've been a great husband is if you and your wife have worked together for many years. That's mm-hmm. the ultimate because most of the time people are getting divorced in that scenario. But if, if you can if you can get along eight hours a day in business together, you know, the rest of it's a piece of cake. You know, eight hours a day in a small. I remember when we were in a small office, you know, we were like working in a 10 by 10 office. She would sit next to me and, you know. 
that's all the space we had because the rest of it was just warehouse that had to store our inventory and, you know, come home and we were living together. And yeah, but, I mean, you learn a lot about each other and you get to you know, understand each other and the needs and how the other one operates and, and you, you're moving the empire forward. You know, you're moving the empire forward, not just yeah. individual needs. So individual, uh, you know, uh, things that you're scared of, or it's not about that. It's about the entire empire. How are you moving it forward? Did we move forward one inch today? And we can do that 300 times a year. Okay. That's good progress right there. Yeah. And I can tell you firsthand, I've worked with you because we did some fractional CFO work together. And, you know, every day when you come in, that's the question, how are we going to move the ball forward today? That's the mindset every entrepreneur needs to have. And I can also attest to your wife, you know, working with her along with you, those, you know, the times that we work together, she's growing too. The, mm-hmm. the personal development you do, she's doing it too. Mm-hmm. And both of you are elevating at the same time and you're not leaving your wife behind. And I love that. I think, I think of it as like, imagine an airplane flying, like, would you rather have two engines or one engine? You know, I want two engines operating at, at peak performance. Yeah. And we're getting to the destination faster and it's going to be more efficient. And why waste time? You know, yeah. a lot of people are dragging their wives. Uh, and in the beginning it was like that, not dragging, but it, she wasn't, um, as involved and I never asked her to be, but I realized like, okay, if we're going to try and achieve this goal, like let's just speed it up. Cause we, we don't, why waste more time? Why take 10 years to do something we can do in five? Yeah. You know, do that. Let's both get on the same page. Let's both get the job done and we can reap the rewards. We're paying the price now. Right. So we can pay any price later. We can enjoy the rest of our lives. We're, we're, we're hustling and we're busting our ass now. You know, we're ahead of people that are in our, our you know, our age, uh, and later on, we'll, we'll be set up, you know, and we, we'll keep investing in assets. You know, we're not buying depreciating <laughs> assets. We're buying appreciating assets. We're not buying liabilities. Uh, we're making the right investments. And anyone can do it. Anyone, any background. You know what I mean? I mean, I didn't start with anything. There's no college. Nobody gave me money. My parents didn't invest one cent into my business. Nobody. I started from nothing. And if I can do that, anyone can do it. Yeah. Great simple. story, bro. Thanks for sharing that story with us tonight. You're welcome, man. Looking forward to it. So, guys, hope you enjoyed that. That's episode one. Uh, one more thing we forgot. So, we're going to be hosting events in the future as well. As this thing grows, we're going to be uh, setting up different events around the country and possibly international. Uh, Shane likes um, Grand Prix. Yeah, Formula One. Formula One. Formula One. So, he wants to do one in Monaco. So, if you're tuning in from Italy, give us a little shout out in the tweet. Um, you can check us out at uh, nlmastermind.com. I'm on Instagram at Next Level JP. All right. Next Level Business Podcast. Shane's on Facebook. You can check his website out, shanemara.com. That's S H A N E M A R A.com. Uh, we've got his website set up, his logo. And, guys, if you want to join the mastermind, the podcast, uh, the private uh, group where you can chat one-on-one with me and Shane. Uh, it's growing right now. It's sitting at uh, yeah, nlmastermind.com. You can you can go there and get registered. I'm not sure what the pricing is right now, but we have annual pricing that you can join. Uh, and then you get access to us, access to our contacts, access to Shane himself. You want Shane to look at a deal? You know what I'm saying? You can just hit him right there. Post post the deal information. Shane will look over at it, and he's gonna he's gonna run the, the numbers, and he's gonna tell you whether it's a good deal or a bad deal. I can't tell you how many times I picked up the phone and called Shane. And he's like, "Dude, that's a bad deal. Pull out right now," you know. And he saved me hundreds of thousands. 
Yeah, and when you're looking at the cost of what we're uh, charging for this, you know, when the business is paying for it, to me, they're you being in a mastermind group is one of the best decisions you will ever make as a business owner. It will pay for itself tenfold. Like you were talking about, just staying away from bad deals. Yeah, what is that worth? Oh man, I would have been so bad right now. Uh, I can just remember the last, the last when I was buying this uh, this house that I was in. Now it's like. I asked you, like, should I sell the other house? Because I was planning on selling it, but you were like, no, nah, man, keep it. And I mean, shoot, now nah, I got a tenant in there. I just refinanced the property. It's kicking off $1,000 a month in cash, uh, you know, and that cash is going into something else. And that's yeah. just one That's one thing that Shane helped me on one deal. And, and now that has a ripple effect, right, on everything else. And that's because I connected with Shane and because I asked my friend Daniel to meet with Shane and I went to, to meet with Shane at a restaurant and I, and I pushed my friend to give me Shane's number and then I emailed Shane and, you know, it, it all kind of tracks back. And, and where your journey starts is by joining the group and getting access to, me, to Shane and I and then us help you because that's what we, we're passionate about. So we're not just doing it for the money. We can be fine without making the money. That money is just going for uh, hosting events and putting on the work that we have to do on the back end. Uh, and it's not a lot of money that we're asking compared to the value and the knowledge that we're bringing uh, to the table. So you got to ask yourself, you're going to spend the money, right? What are you going to spend it on? Movie tickets and liabilities and cars and uh, going to the nail spa and getting massages and washing your car and all, you know, buying, uh, I don't know. Fast. We, could name, we could name 50 dumb things you could spend your money on. Right. But this, is, this is one of the best things. It's investment you can in yourself. It's investment in yourself. 100%. Best investment, best, in your, best. investment in your business. All right, guys. So that's going to be it, Chain. Anything else before we sign off? No, we, we hope that you guys will uh, subscribe. We we'll hope you will listen often. And if you have any questions, man, just shoot them to us. We'd love to answer them. All right. Take care, guys. Talk to you soon. See you guys.